Hi there, Monica White, licensed mental health counselor here. Today's topic is six types of healthy boundaries. Today, I'm going to explain why having boundaries will help you in your personal and professional life and why having healthy personal boundaries will boost your ability to have abundant, healthy relationships. Just like every topic in my podcast, this is a skill and we have to practice it. But the good news is that I love this topic, so stick with me and let's see what we can learn about boundaries. By the time you finish this episode, you might just be on your way to spotting boundaries like a pro. So let's get started. Question, did you know there are at least six types of boundaries? If you're like me and most of the people I talk to, you probably had no idea. And now that I know the six types of boundaries, I see it all the time. Adults have such a hard time with boundaries. And I bet you never thought boundaries could be an interesting subject, but it just so happens boundaries bring people together. So if you wanna be a healthy partner or an organizer of a group or a great boss or just have a lot of great friendships, well, you must develop some understanding of healthy boundaries. Do you have to be perfect? N-O. No, you don't have to be perfect. But of course, if you know the basics, you'll definitely find a lot more joy and understanding that you have choice and choices about how you want to show up in the world and in your relationships. And having choices gives you the ability to experience joy and contentment in being able to build multiple healthy relationships in your personal and in your career life. So let's talk about what are personal boundaries. So boundaries are the limits and rules we set for ourselves in relationships. So again, yes, it's the limits we set for ourselves in our work and personal lives. So that's the key part here. Part of being skilled at relationships is being assertive and defining your own boundaries. Now, healthy boundaries does not mean that we have rigid boundaries. It's a big difference. So I'm going to talk about healthy boundaries here. But one thing to note is that most of our parents did not teach us about boundaries. In fact, they probably may have confused us about boundaries, and in the worst case, they totally neglected to teach us about boundaries. Um, So it's probably also not something we learned in school or college either. And unfortunately, most of us learned about boundaries either from the media or maybe we learned what not to do just by living and learning. So all the hard knocks that we've had in life taught us a little bit about boundaries. Uh, However, it is something that as a therapist, I have taught hundreds of times and it's so easy to learn when you know exactly what you need to know. So the good news is, is we can learn about boundaries today and it's definitely going to improve our ability to negotiate, manage, and improve our relationships. So here's a fact. Healthy boundaries are not just for keeping bad things out, such as abuse, harassment, and manipulation. So healthy boundaries don't just keep these bad things, these toxic things, these negative things out of our life and relationships. Healthy boundaries also 
protect you, but they help you protect others. So let's talk about what people with healthy boundaries act and feel and talk like. So people with healthy boundaries, number one, they value their own opinion. People with healthy boundaries are like, hey, you know, this is what I think and I've done my work in this department, so, you know, this is my opinion. People with healthy boundaries don't compromise their values for others. So someone with healthy boundaries is going to say, hey, that's just not what I believe in or I believe in this and this is why I choose not to do that or why I choose to do this. So they know their values and they don't compromise for others. And number three, people with healthy boundaries share personal information in an appropriate way. So you see people with healthy boundaries, they don't overshare TMI. They don't talk about things that are not, you know, relevant to the conversation. And they also don't undershare. So people with healthy boundaries know when to share details about themselves that's going to make the conversation and the other person feel comfortable. So undersharing means, you know, we refuse to talk about um, our personal life. And a lot of times I see this with anxiety and trauma. So it's natural to undershare when we're working on ourselves. So you don't have to have perfect healthy boundaries, but just know that when you see people that are sharing information in an appropriate way, like they're not saying too much stuff and they're also saying enough that you want to look at that person and say, hey, you can admire them and say, wow, that person has really healthy boundaries. Maybe I want to, you know, take some feedback and take a lesson from them. So it's nice to admire and appreciate people that have done their personal work and that do have healthy boundaries because I'm telling you, we can all get there. And so just knowing and having knowledge and some appreciation for healthy people who have done their work takes us a long way. So I'll talk about that in a moment um, where I learned healthy boundaries from my favorite and best boss ever. Um, so I'll get to that in a moment. And so the fourth thing a person with healthy, healthy boundaries does is that they know their personal wants and needs and they can communicate them. And then the fifth thing a person with healthy boundaries does is they accept when others say no to them. So if you have healthy boundaries and you say, hey, do you want to play on this and that team? And somebody says no, you don't keep pushing them. You're like, okay, that's fine. Just let me know when you want to play and here's, you know, some information and get back to me. You're not going to like keep pushing that person. Um, so those are five traits that people with healthy boundaries have. So I'm sure you know someone that has really strong, healthy boundaries, right? You can take a second to think of a person that you know who has really strong boundaries. So for me personally, I had a boss previously that was an incredible boss. I just, she is my role model. She is probably the only and best boss that I've ever had in my entire life. And this woman had incredible boundaries. She was so professional at work and in her personal life, you know, people wanted to know her personal life and she would disclose just the right amount to stay professional. She'd bring in like her hobbies and she'd let people talk about themselves and she would share, you know, really cool stories about her life. But we never heard, you know, the unhealthy stuff. It was just so professional. And I have to say, she was the best boss I ever had. 
And I also, because she had such good boundaries, I trusted that she always had my best interests in mind and, you know, my other coworkers' best interests and our clients' best interests in mind. So boundaries, having good boundaries helped us all keep things organized and clear. It let me know where she stood so that I could do my work and be my best self without mounting anxiety. So to this this day, she was the best and an amazing boss that I've had. And so I think of her so fondly. So this is why boundaries can really bring you close to people and help you maintain and sustain relationships with people in your life. So that's a good enough reason to take boundaries really seriously and to model after people and admire and respect and have gratitude for people that have great boundaries. So my boss situation is an example of why healthy boundaries brings trust and safety into relationships. However, as I mentioned a little bit in the beginning, is that most of us learned about boundaries from negative interactions. So a lot of us don't realize that we have boundaries or what our boundaries are until they've been crossed. So another example, a negative boundary crossing. So for example, true story, I was sitting at a restaurant enjoying my guacamole and watching the US Open with my friend. Well, my friend went to the bathroom and the guy sitting a couple seats away from me started chatting me up just as my friend left and started saying things like, how long have you known each other? And I was like, well, we play tennis. And then he kept going and he said something like really, um, just things that I wasn't comfortable with. And he just started talking about my relationship, saying we must not have known each other long and that, you know, blah, blah, blah. Just really... Um, uncomfortable stuff. And so I wasn't in the mindset to protect myself. I was having a great time watching sports on the TV, enjoying my friends, you know, just enjoying life. And so then because this person overstepped my emotional and intellectual boundaries, well, in this case, it was emotional mostly. I just started saying things like, oh, you know, tennis, blah, blah, like nonsense talk to get that person to stop commenting to me. So then my friend came back and I had this like strange feeling in me and then I kind of started getting agitated. So here's the thing. I didn't really know why I felt so angry and upset and I felt like my night just was spoiled and it was in my body. And so then I figured it out the next day, and I was like, WTF, I know what happened. And I started thinking, like, that guy overstepped my boundary, like, overstepped my emotional boundaries. Like, what gave him the right to comment on me? And, like, I didn't ask for him to talk to me and get in my space. So I kind of started processing it in my mind, and then I just figured out, hey, this per that guy had overstepped my emotional boundaries. And so as women, you know, we generally enjoy our life, right? And we're not just going around protecting our boundaries and, you know, waiting defensively for someone to cross our boundaries. But, you know, another thing is as women, and I'm sure men as well, but women for surely know that we've had our boundaries violated hundreds of times, and that's probably not an over-exaggeration. So what I learned about this encounter is that, hey, guess what? 
I never get used to it. I never get used to a random person overstepping their boundaries and crossing into mine. Now, I don't know what was going on in that person's life, and I, it's not even my business, and I don't care, but the point is, is that I didn't really even know about this boundary crossing until I had this negative interaction, and I felt it. And so, again, it just happens all the time. So, something to reflect on is that sometimes we don't know we have boundaries until someone upsets us and offends us. And we got to look, you know, is it the same person who keeps crossing our boundaries or is it just some new person that came along and crossed our boundaries? And anytime someone crosses our boundaries, it's really good to reflect and take a step on, take a step back and say, how does this make me feel in myself? Because if it's making me feel upset or frustrated, um, it's probably activating some, you know, toxic boundary crossing in us. So, you know, you feel it. And it's really good to know that the other man, that other person, or people with poor boundaries, they may overshare and um, they may not be able to um, help themselves or if they can help themselves, they don't want to. So it's really important to pay attention to when we feel that our boundaries are being crossed. So, as you can see in just me talking about this, you can see that people with healthy boundaries make me feel joyful and I trust them and I can develop, you know, an admiration and a respect for them versus people with not so good boundaries, unhealthy boundaries who overstep their boundaries into my boundaries. You can see, you know, the the frustration and the anger and just, you know, not just to say the trauma, but just the fatigue of having to deal with someone's unhealthy boundaries. It's just exhausting. So you see why having healthy boundaries is so important and why it will bring joy to the people around you. So let's make ourselves and the people around us happy and let's talk about the six types of boundaries. So if you follow me on Instagram at WellBeToGo, you'll see an infographic that has six types of boundaries. Number one are physical boundaries. Number two are intellectual boundaries. Number three are emotional boundaries. Number four are sexual boundaries. Number five are material boundaries. And number six are time boundaries. So that's a lot of boundaries, and I'm going to try to not let this go too long. So let's get right into it. So the first are physical boundaries. So physical boundaries refer to personal space and physical touch. So your personal space is your desk, or your laptop, or your purse, or your phone. Um, somebody that gets into your phone or that gets into your desk may be overstepping a boundary. Um, somebody that's touching you or trying to hug you or shake your hand or kiss you and you don't want to, they may be overstepping a physical boundary. So the best thing to know is just to pay attention and be aware of how you feel if somebody's overstepping the boundary. Number two are intellectual boundaries. So those refer to thoughts and ideas. So for example, if you have healthy intellectual boundaries and you're discussing a thought or an idea, that person is, you know, respecting your 
um, your opinion and you likewise are respecting their opinion. So an example of a boundary crossing is, for example, um, if someone's trying to get information from you and they just met you, like if somebody just meets you, they don't have a right to know all the information about you. But if you notice they're overstepping their boundaries and trying to get information from you and you don't feel comfortable with it, that's also an intellectual boundary. And I've I've experienced this quite a few times, so it often leaves me feeling like confused. Like, why did they? I obviously didn't want to share this information, and somehow they got it from me. So I definitely notice my intellectual boundaries, and I notice when I feel like someone has tried to get more information than I felt comfortable sharing. So I'm sure you've experienced that as well. So that's an example of intellectual boundaries. Emotional boundaries, number three, refers to your feelings. So for example, um, someone crosses boundaries if they're criticizing or invalidating your feelings. So this one I've noticed in relationships, and we've all had this, and I'm sure we've all crossed emotional boundaries, um, you know, with family members or with partners. But for example, if I'm saying, hey, I feel this way, and the other person is talking over me or just not respecting my feelings or they're minimizing or they're even just invalidating, then I know that my emotional boundaries are being crossed. So I'll just be more assertive. I'm like, hey, this is my emotional boundary. Like, I feel this way. This is what I think. You're entitled not to think that way and you're entitled to have your own thoughts about it, but that's you and this is me and here's our boundary. And maybe we can figure out a way to meet out here with some other topic. So it's good to know your emotional boundaries and just give yourself a right to feel what you feel. Are our feelings always correct? No, they're not. But stopping the process and not allowing people to go through their own emotional process is, you know, it can just get in the way of having a trusting relationship at the minimum, so. Number four are sexual boundaries, and that refers to emotional, intellectual, and physical aspects of sexuality. So, this one is a, a tricky subject. Let's just keep it simple and say that healthy sexual boundaries involve mutual understanding and respect of the limitations and desires between people. So boundaries can be violated if someone's coming on too strong, they're pressuring you, they're leering, they're making comments that you don't really like and that you're not inviting. Um, this can get touchy with adults, so I'll leave that for another conversation. But in general, knowing that you have a right to your sexual boundaries and learning how to stand up for yourself and to communicate is a great thing because that way you'll know when the other person doesn't have good boundaries. So if you communicate and you advocate and you assert yourself and that other person is not hearing your message and not understanding, then you know, hey, that's a yellow flag. That person doesn't have the best boundaries. Um, and some people just have really terrible, poor boundaries. So 
So those are your red flags. And if someone has really terrible, poor boundaries and you're seeing the red flags, that's when you definitely want to get professional support and get an outside trusted person to help you manage that situation. So never deal with somebody that has poor sexual boundaries without having some counsel and some wise support on your team. Also, sexual boundaries with kids is something really important that you can teach your children, your daughter or your son, and those boundaries are listed on the American Pediatrics website. So go to the American Pediatrics website and it will help you learn how to talk to your kid about boundaries so that they can, you know, enforce their boundaries. So it's really interesting because actually kids have a personal bill of rights too. And if a little kid doesn't want to hug somebody, doesn't want to shake their hand, doesn't want to give them a kiss, they have a right not to. So it's really important that you teach your kids and help them learn how to enforce their own physical boundaries. And that way, the older they get, the more assertive and the more they can advocate for themselves and they'll know when something doesn't feel right. So you can teach your kids to learn how to stand up for themselves. And unfortunately, a lot of us weren't taught that, so we had to learn the lessons the hard way. But there's definitely a healthier way that you can teach kids to learn how to stand up for their own boundaries. So check out the American Pediatrics Association website and you can find a bunch of information about how to talk to your kids there. You can take this a step further in colleges they teach enthusiastic consent which I'm going to talk about on another podcast but at the very minimum just know this is a big broad topic and to always seek outside counseling from you know a licensed clinician if you have any questions about it it's definitely a big big broad topic and it can trigger a lot of feelings in people so certainly as a trauma therapist I've had a lot of experience helping people learn about their boundaries and to assert them. So you always want to get extra support if you feel like you need to. Material boundaries refer to your money and possessions. Your material boundaries are violated if someone steals or damages your possessions. You would be surprised how many adults violate the material boundaries topic, but they do. So I hear stories all the time about people violating material things. They'll say, hey, you know what? A friend took my car and didn't ask me for it. So that's just a huge no-no. That can get into all kinds of stories and anecdotes, but I'll just leave that one there. So you do have material boundaries and that refers to your stuff. Okay. And last boundary is time boundaries, and that refers to how you use your time. So for example, you have to have enough time for your work-life balance. So you have hobbies, you have relationships, you have work, you have family, you have your gym time, you have your personal self-care time, and someone can overstep your time boundaries. So if someone's demanding too much of your time, then they're overstepping their boundaries and that's a good place to do some self-reflection and to process that. So I hear this all the time. For example, at work, someone will take up an hour or two of your time 
And that might be a time boundaries issue. So that person doesn't have the best ability to manage their time or yours. So, you know, not to be super critical on other people, but it's also just good to maintain your time boundaries. You know, dedicate 30 minutes to consulting with your coworker about an issue, and after that, you've got to move on. You have other things to do. So especially if you see family or friends, um, you know, you want to enforce your time boundaries, and that also helps them. So they'll know, hey, you know what, I don't, I can't talk to my sister after 10 o'clock at night because, you know, she has a time boundary. That's her sleep time. So it's there's a lot of ways you can enforce your time boundaries. The way I do it is, for example, when I run tennis groups, I keep everyone on a schedule. I'm like, hey, you know what, let's get started. You do 10 minutes of warm-up, and we play for the entire two hours. And so generally, because we have time boundaries, People aren't just chit-chatting and wasting people's time like we're there to play tennis. So that's an example of how I keep time boundaries in my hobbies. And, you know, that helps my relationships and my friends who I play sports with. Okay, so that's it for the six types of boundaries. Now that you know the six types Uh, boundaries, you can ask yourself, how do I start to practice them? Like, how do I make sure that I establish my boundaries? Um, The first thing is just this, knowing that there's six types of boundaries and that if someone oversteps them, you're going to start to notice. And so boundaries are kind of tedious when we reflect on just how big this topic is, But it's a very important thing to become self-aware of our boundaries so that we can start to set clear, healthier boundaries. And the benefit to you is that you're going to start feeling like you can manage a lot of relationships. You'll say, hey, you know, I have time for this and that, but that's all I have time for this week. So you're able to maintain healthy boundaries with people and that's just going to give you the ability to negotiate and manage lots of relationships and that's great that's how you have an abundance of friendships another thing to know is that just remember you know your body and your mind better than anyone else and so if you are experiencing problems with boundaries or distress or anxiety or trauma issues, it is likely that a boundary is being crossed. And sometimes, you know, trauma anxiety is expressed as like fatigue or anger or confusion. So your boundaries are unique to you and how they look to you are different than others around you based on your comfort level and just based on how it manifests in your mind and in your body. So you definitely want to listen to what your body's telling you. You want to reflect and be curious about the situation. So as I said, you know, in the example of the guy that really angered me at the restaurant one night, I was curious about it and I took some time to reflect about the situation and just say, hey, it's not normal that I feel so strongly about, you know, uh, a random person talking to me. So you want to do a check-in if you're feeling exhausted and overcommitted and you want to slow down and reassess any strong feelings. So tune into your feelings, practice assertively addressing your limits and your boundaries, and take care of yourself along the way. So this 
awareness is going to go a long way with helping you implement healthy boundaries that's going to lead to a happier and healthier sense of yourself. And if you take it all away, you're going to be able to be a really great asset and a very trustworthy person. And this just takes your mindset up a whole nother level. So if you are in control and you just know your boundaries really well, you can help yourself and other people manage relationships in a way that just benefits you and them. So I'm going to wrap it up today. And that's it for the six types of healthy boundaries. It's a lot to learn, but it's a great first step and it's a great foundation. If you have any questions or any concerns, feel free to message me at wellbe2go or you can email me on my website at wellbe2go.com. And have a great week. Have a great day. I'm feeling sleepy now, so I'm going to sleep. And I'll see you all in the next episode. Take care, friends.